another episode of 360 degrees part of the urban breakdown network so we got uh we got just a just a duo today myself and odie good morning odie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good morning and we got a lot to talk about so we're just gonna jump right into it odie what you got for us today all right so <clears throat> how much is 125 dollars a day over the course of a year. Over the course of the year, I, I don't want to just. I actually looked it up, <laughs> so I don't want to seem like an Einstein. Like oh. I just knew, like I just knew <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, that's I, fine. I knew, I, I knew I, that you hadn't recently looked it up, so that's why I opened with the question. Yeah, because I, I actually at first I was like, wait a second, uh, one hundred and twenty-five dollars a day, and for some reason, because I guess because it's early in the morning, I thought that was a lot of money. And I was like, is it though? And then I pulled out the calculator and I'm like, wait a second, that's only $32,000 a year. Now, granted, half the country makes that money, but Odie will explain, there's a reason why we brought that up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so one of, Brandy, one of Brandy's employees, Brandy the singer, um, former employees actually, uh, specifically her housekeeper, is suing her for more than $250,000 for wrongful termination. Um, and that's how much she was getting paid. So that's why I opened with that question. Um, but the lawsuit basically says that uh, the woman's name is Maria. She claims that she was fired in February because of her age. Apparently, Brandy let her decades-long employee go because she didn't want an older housekeeper. The woman is more than 60 years old. She's been um, working for Brandy for 20 years. So my thing is like, obviously she is a good employee. So like, you can't just fire somebody because they get old. Like, that's not a thing. That's not okay. Um, Brandy has not spoken out about this. Uh, One of her reps just said, we disagree. We'll have further comments after we speak with our lawyers. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, there might be something to this. I don't know where 250000 came from, um, unless she's saying that she wasn't paid correctly. I know um, in the lawsuit, she said that she, I think, was missing two days, like at the end, for yeah, for her last two days of work, according to this article. Right. Um, but yeah, she's seeking back pay plus an extra 250000 in damages, 250000 in damages. Um. Now, some of the other things she alleges is that she Brandy failed to pay minimum wage, unpaid rest and meal periods for an, an accurate wage statement. So I guess like she would say that she worked three, you know, three hours, but she really worked or she only paid for two or something like that. Right. Um, that might be a little bit more of an uphill battle just be, unless like she has like lots of receipts for that kind of stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I think the ageism thing is definitely going to be reasonably easy to prove, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, see. Uh, this is not. <laughs> Brandy actually got sued um, as well from an event stemming in January, stemming from January, where she was uh, supposed to wear a ring and an outfit to the American Music Awards. The ring is worth forty five thousand dollars, and the designer said that said that Brandy didn't wear it. The ring is missing. It's described as an eighteen karat rose gold with a black volcanic volcanic stone. Now, this one definitely gives me scammer vibes. I don't know that Brandy, Brandy said that she never even saw the ring. So I'm willing to bet either somebody, one of two people are lying and about that scam life. Obviously it's either the designer who, you know, wants to like pin this on Brandy, like for insurance purposes. Um, and they're trying to get some sort of come up and still get their ring seen, still get some sort of visibility regarding this, or somebody in Brandy's camp signed for the ring and took it for themselves. It's one of the two, but I feel like somebody's lying. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Brandy laid eyes on that ring. I do believe her in this case. Yeah, because uh, and maybe they just don't want to admit that they got scammed, but. I mean, Brandy's net worth as of last year was about $12 million. Now, if the internet is to be believed, because I don't know how they know how much people are worth, what they spend and all that other stuff. It's not like they submit spreadsheets to these websites to say how much, they, how much they're worth. Someone like Jeff Bezos, it's a lot easier to figure out their net worth because there's are public figures like that, as opposed to, I mean, well, not public figures, but they- And we also see what kind of money he spends. Like, you know, yeah. we see what he spends his money on. Right. So it's a little easier to deduce. Right. So if the internet is to be believed, Brandy's worth about $12 million. How much is that ring worth, supposedly? Like 45,000. How much? Forty-five thousand. Oh, yeah, that's that's nothing, you know. So I mean, I I do I, I I will agree with you on that one. I think that that person probably got scammed and just didn't want to admit it, you know. So they're probably trying to get Brandy to to pay for their mistakes. I don't know. We'll have to see as the story develops. But mm-hmm. the fact that it said that it was from and hold on, let me go back to I got all these articles open here. So it was uh, her and her stylist. So yeah, stylist. Um, yeah, were sued. So I would imagine, yeah, the stylist is probably responsible for picking up those pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they probably threw Brandy in for good measure. They know that the stylist is the one that should be responsible, but they probably figured the stylist ain't got no money. Right. And so they went ahead and th- uh, threw in Brandy. Did I figure mm-hmm. Brandy's got the money? We'll see. You know. And Brandy's only, how old is Brandy? She's like in her... She's in her early 40s, I think. Yeah, so I mean, she's she has plenty of, I mean, she has plenty of earning potential left. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, true. I didn't look up her discography, but I mean, she's also an actress, you know, among other things. So, I mean, it's not yeah, like Queens not- is um Queens is doing really well. I couldn't get into the show. I tried to like, I tried to get into it, but I was out after like three episodes. I tapped out. 
Um, and that, that show stars Eve as well, who is a new mother and also probably in her early 40s. But I mean, oh. with the housekeeper thing, I look at it like this. I like I was mad. Like she only paid her three grand a year, and I don't know if she's paid her that all throughout her career or just lately. Like maybe she got like raises and stuff. I don't know. But you figure if you're, let's just say you're only worth a million dollars, right? So if you take, let's just say, fifty grand a year, right, and you divide that by a million dollars, and if if I, if my math is right, I'm not so good with the math. But if if my math is right, if you're paying fifty, uh, that's only five percent of your salary, of your of your net worth. If you pay your person uh, fifty thousand dollars a year, so I think yeah, 30, but like that also assumes too that you're. First of all, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a daily housekeeper. I feel like I don't know what what her house looks like, but. Even at the stage in life, like we're good with like once a month kind of housekeeper, and that's fine, you know, and just like straighten up ourselves in between time. I feel like a daily housekeeper, that means that person needs to live at your house. Yeah. So I'm I, I, I didn't know. I, I heard a term. Uh, I play a World of Warcraft, and one of the bosses, his right hand man was called his major domo. And I didn't know that was an, that was an actual term. So ba- a major domo is basically somebody who runs a large household, right? So instead, oh, yeah, that's, of, what, that's what they call a house manager, also known as Jeffrey on Bel Air. If you watch Bel Air, <laughs> yeah. not Jeffrey, not Jeffrey the housekeeper or the butler from Fresh Prince. This is Jeffrey the house manager from Bel Air. It's two very different things. And yes, he is definitely a right hand man. If you. If you watch the show, you'll see, like, yeah, he's a cleanup man. But go ahead. <laughs> but um, but basically, it was. I mean, all you'd have to do is just get one of your friends that you trust, and granted, you have to have a friend that you trust to just be your major domo and just let them take care of that sort of stuff. You know, let now them she live- is known for befriending her fans as well. Um, I feel like she's probably, but this is like like before social media was a thing too like that's how early like how early on in her career she was doing this um but i feel like she's also hired people to do that for her i don't i don't know i think that's what makes brandy a little more grounded is she does keep like quote-unquote regular people in her circle but i don't know about i don't know about handing off my business affairs to a fan and in her case assuming that that's what what happened i don't know maybe she maybe she can i don't know i guess it just depends on the person and what their strengths are yeah true i mean i look at it like this you know if brandy did fire her just because she got old i mean that's kind of wrong you know but it is wrong period point blank i feel like there's more reasons to fire somebody I don't know if maybe the lady was working slower or something like that. Um, and maybe like she paid her hourly. So like now something that used to take her three hours now takes her four to five. Okay. But even then, like you can just, I don't, I don't know. I still don't think I will fire somebody because their age is just, I just don't, don't see it. Like to say that out of your face is really fucked up. 
So it should be interesting to um, if, if see how that lawsuit works out. I will be looking for an update because I really am curious what, what's going to happen with that. Now, she said that uh, – did she actually say that Brandy yes. said that or did she just assume it? No, she, she said – um, she didn't want her. She used a quote too. Um, yeah, Brandy let her decades-long employee go because she didn't want a quote older housekeeper. So we don't know exactly what she said, but older wasn't quotes according to TMZ. I don't so, think I have any friends that have housekeepers, but uh, I mean I do, but not a regular one. Yeah, we I mean, we I, had to fire one because she kept breaking stuff but not because of her age <laughs> she was just clumsy no uh i mean let's just say i had i made more money and i had a housekeeper you know i mean you just come by once or twice a week and clean up and vacuum and if i have a you know i mean i do my own laundry you know i'm not i'm yeah. not that i'm not that bad they will do laundry though if you let them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah I, I do my own laundry but um, put it like this. If I was married, yeah, if my wife wants to do my laundry, sure. But I'm not going to let some woman that I pay money to do my laundry. I don't know why. It's just a personal pride thing. Um, you know why? Because doing laundry was one of the first things I was, when we were growing up real quick, like we kind of had like unofficial roles, like the men folk did the, the physical stuff, like take out the trash, cut the grass, cut the firewood, stuff like that. And then everybody else just did more of like the housekeeping stuff, right? And doing my own laundry was the first thing I learned how to do on, you know, as, a, as growing up as a kid, where it's like, okay, well, now you're old enough to do your own laundry, you know, instead of having your mom. Oh, okay, that wasn't gender specific. <laughs> yeah, just wash and fold your laundry. I know it's very specific, but I don't, you know, but I mean, it's everybody has their own thresholds of what they want their housekeepers to do, but I could not imagine. I mean, unless I was like, uh, unless I had like a huge mansion, I couldn't imagine having a live-in housekeeper. Well, we don't know if she lives there, but have a housekeeper show up. Every no, we don't. Day. We don't know. Yeah, what's she gonna? One hundred twenty-five a day. I refuse to believe that she did live there. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean, she'd be like on call and like at the house all the time. So I refuse to believe that that's the case for her. But um, yeah. Uh, I like I said, one hundred and twenty-five dollars a day. That's what I would pay per visit. Uh, but it wouldn't be per day either. I wish she was able to work at multiple places at least for that for that kind of coin. But whatever. Right. I digress. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how it'll come out. I'll definitely give give you updates when it does. Um, now as far as this update goes. Okay, so we know that Brittany Griner is still stuck in Russia. Um, but interestingly enough, we see a statement from Lisa Leslie, uh, who is WNBA legend. She's retired though, right? Yeah, because she's yeah. out of the league, right? Um, and she she said that basically, quote unquote, they which I'm assuming she means like C-suite leadership over at the WNBA because let's face it, WNBA, <clears throat> they are like thought leaders. Like they are not thought leaders, but like they're movement leaders. So when it comes to implementing change, speaking their minds, um, 
WNBA doesn't shy away from tough issues, and they those women will definitely stand up for what they what they deem important, and they come together, which I appreciate. Um, but they have been very quiet about one of their own, and Brittany Griner's still stuck over there. And the reason that they have been quiet, according to Lisa Leslie, is because leadership told them not to make a big deal about it, not to make a big fuss about it. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, why not? And the logic that she gave, I didn't understand. Did you, did you understand it? Basically she was just saying like, it would give them ammo or something like that. I I just didn't understand it because I didn't agree with it. And my thing is just like, like at the end of the day, they already have the lever. I guess they don't want to act like they give a fuck about Britney because then Russia will see her as like a pawn in this and then feel like, oh, okay, like since so she does matter to you, let's keep her. But they're keeping her anyway. Right. So make a big fuss about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll put it like this. And this is this is just me. The point where I would just be like, screw what the WNBA says I'm speaking out is when Russia extended her sentence because I think she, there was a point where she was going to be released and then they extended her sentence by, I forget by, by how long, but that would have been the point where I was like, okay, we know she's never going to get out unless we do something about it. We don't see, unless we put the screws to them. Now, here's the thing. Of course, Russia's involved in a war with the Ukraine and it's not going well for them. They thought they would have this done in like uh, two days. Like, when, when, uh, when the US first attacked uh, Iraq, and this is talking about Desert Storm, they said the ground war only lasted about maybe 100 hours. You know, I mean, we went in there, we, we slapped them around, we said, get out of Kuwait, and then we just left. You know, it wasn't like the second Iraq war, where we were there for like multiple years, or Afghanistan, where we were there for two decades, you know? So Russia kind of found themselves in a little bit of a quagmire. You know, so the last thing that they want to do, and I, and I see that from one from one side of it, the last thing you want to do is provoke them into messing with her, you know, while she's in prison and at their mercy. That part I get. But when they extended her sentence, they have to realize, hey, you know, they have no intention of letting her out. You know, they're going to hold on to her because, I mean, Vladimir Putin is basically... He's just a, a small, petty, vindictive guy. So if he see, and, and I will agree with you on that part, if they see her, oh, well, she is important to you. So now what am I going to get for her? You know, right now they're getting their asses handed to them in far, as far as sanctions goes, right? And everybody wants Joe Biden to pretty much start World War III. Talk about the press, that is. You know, most people don't want war. We're war weary, you know, we just can't, we just got to have a 20 year war, you know, and they don't want Brittany Griner used as a, as a pawn in the war, but at the same time, how else are we going to get her out? Because if she was going to get out, she would have already been out. They extended her sentence. So what are we, what are they supposed to do? Sit on their hands, hope for the best, pray. Yeah, that's not going to work. So, but exactly. the problem is what exactly can they do? You know, it's not like that. It's not like that jackass in, in Singapore who got who got caned. This was like this was like decades ago. But some idiot kid was in Singapore and they uh, he was uh, he was doing graffiti. 
like an idiot because other people's laws are different than ours. So basically the, the punishment was he had to get caned. Like they, they hit him in the ass with a cane uh, by, a, and, and then they had to, they had emphasized by a, by a, a martial arts master. Who the fuck cares that they're a martial arts master? You ever see a grandmother with a switch? And then you want to worry about a Kung Fu master? Get the fuck out of here. But that is something like we weren't at war with that country. So that's something where we could just easily, and then I think, he, I think he got caned anyway. They tried to get him to be like, oh, well, he's just a dumb kid, but you know, but that's a situation where you could negotiate. Right now we're at war at Russia and Brittany Griner getting arrested was just either bad timing or like, I don't know if they just randomly searched her bag and found the, the what was I it? I don't know. Vape canisters in there? Like she had been playing over there for a while. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if she knew the rules. Like, you know what I mean? So she probably yeah. been doing that. Yeah. But I, it's, it's hard for me to take a, a certain side on this because I could see where both sides are just kind of like, not right, but I could see where they're coming from. It makes it more complicated. You know, they want her to, they want her back but they don't want to raise a fuss and have Putin do something vindictive to her, you know, or she ends up like a Sandra Bland and then they, they found her hung in her jail cell and they, well, she just, she, she commits suicide, you know? So I, it, that's definitely a tough one. I don't have a definitive answer for that. Well, it definitely answers questions or raises some, but it answers some of the questions because I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know, like myself, that were just like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. Um, well, uh, before I pass over the reins to you, there is another, uh, I guess, segment since we're on the, the topic of estrogen leaders. Um <laughs> <laughs> Want to talk real quick about um about Lotto? Uh, now I appreciate the fact that she changed her name. This is a female rapper. I forgot where she's. I think she's from. Don't quote me on that. But in any case, um, formerly known as Mulatto, the rapper. I hated that name. I was so glad that she changed it. Um. But yeah, I was like, oh, Lotto, that's that's actually really cute. You can kind of like play off the like the actual Lotto, like the lottery. Um, she just came out with a project. That's the name. The album is called Seven Seven Seven. Perfect, great. Um, and one of the things she was talking about recently was about um how it's it was hard to make the album because like the men in music are very inappropriate and they can't keep it professional. Yeah, there was some speculation that she was talking about Kodak Black. Don't know how true that is. Don't really uh, care. I shared the album true. the other day. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I haven't even finished listening to it, but it's it is pretty good so far. Um, I don't think Merce is going to be for you. However, I will say that one of the comments I saw you might agree with. Um, one of the people who listened to the album was saying like, "Oh, like she's." she's pretty good. She's not doing like the typical like trap music beat. Um, you can understand what she's saying. It's like more 
reminiscent of like a little older hip hop, but the the sound is still recent, if that makes sense. Like the music is still recent and the production is still like present, very present day, but like the beats aren't things that you would hear like on Future's albums. Okay. Um, and the thing about, uh, the thing I'm looking forward to as well tomorrow is uh, this, she had this song called Big Energy that sampled Fantasy and the original song that Fantasy sampled. I can't remember. Mariah Carey, ODB. Oh, uh, oh, you talk about and, uh, Genius of Love, uh, Tom Tom yes. Love. Yes. Um, but she's going to have Mariah on her remix to Big Energy. So I oh, look okay. forward to that. Um, I'm sure that that was very, very sensitive. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that Mariah does not really do features, I can't. I honestly can't even think of a time where Mariah did a feature with a female rapper. Mm. I mean, like every yeah, time her, I think her, about her, her features are far and in between. I don't. I don't. Only one that really comes to mind is the one she did with Boys to Men, and I don't even remember if that was a Boys to Men song or if that was a Mariah Carey song featuring Boys to Men. Uh, one sweet day. And that was like, yeah, no, no. And I mean, no, she do features and she do it. She do it with the rappers too. Like when I think there's Busta Rhymes, that Busta Rhymes song, um, give it to me. Okay. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. Anyway, she was singing on that song. Um, we know that she had like a whole bad boy era where the, where they were featured on her stuff. Um, and then she had breakdown with um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. So like, she definitely works with rappers. Like, that's the Mariah I fuck with. That's like probably some of my favorite um, era of music from her. But I can't remember. Like, I don't think she's ever been like featured by a female rapper. I'm very confident of that. I'd be surprised to learn something else. Or unless it was like the Brad or something. I could see that because I know she's like friends with her, but. Other than that, I don't see it, um, and I can't even think of a song if that's the case. I I, I remember I have a, a friend of mine from high school. She's you know she's light skinned I guess you would call her a mulatto, and and the name mulatto just sounds so derogatory. It's not though. It's basically just I mean the, and it's funny because when I looked it up in in the uh, in the dictionary. <laughs> It has two words underneath it on the Google. It says offensive and dated. <laughs> so that just, proves my, that just proves my point right there. But it's basically a person of mixed white and black ancestry, especially a person with one white and one black parent. You know? Yeah. Um, except, except when you think about context, like when you date it to slavery times, how did you end up with that one parent? that one white parent so like we know that that that, like it had a certain level of privilege associated with being mulatto like no girl like mulatto no just don't lotto perfect stick with that you can play it off like you mean the lottery it's fine it's like honestly i forgot that that's how her name originated because now she's made a name for herself and the music is better i'm just glad that she changed the name really am right um, there was now as far uh, as far as like another I did want to quickly talk about 
Remy Ma. Um, since we're on the topic of female rappers or female, now this is where we start getting into maybe we shouldn't be using the term rappers when we talk about certain artists. But recently she made a comment about Doja Cat and how Doja makes great music but is not a rapper. Doja got very upset about this. She has actually vocalized this multiple times and insisted that, she, yes, she is a rapper um, and a damn good one. Uh, uh, I what was that song? Remember, remember, you know that song where they say this is the first person to technically rap on a song? I think it was Blondie, right? Uh... Um, love to love you, and she like has this like quote unquote verse where she's like doing something of a rap. Was that Blondie? Mm. You know what song I'm talking about? You're not talking about Rapture, right? Yes, Rapture. Yeah, I don't know. If she was like the first. There were uh, there were um other female rappers on Wax before that. Like uh, I, and I'm gonna have to pull out the the. I'm gonna have to look it up. Cause I know funky four. I just remember one. them trying to like. I remember white people trying to claim that as like their. They tried to Christopher Columbus rap and or hip hop and say like, oh, but like we were the first to do it, and they're like, no, you weren't. Oh um, my god, that was years after Rapper's Delight. You know, I exactly. Mean, oh, oh, they're talking about like the first to just rap on on record, not just not I, just female yes, rap. Yes, I remember they tried to like. They tried to. Yeah, they tried to claim it. I don't know if they tried to claim it as female rapping or white rapping. I don't know, but they Christopher Columbus that shit, and I was like, nah, this is not what we're going to do. We're not going to do this. Um, But I I, I just say that to say, like, Doja Cat is, like, modern-day Blondie, in my opinion. Like, a lot, except for she has, like, a lot more songs that I know of Blondie compared to Blondie. But it's, like, a good beat a popular beat, a poppy beat, and then you come in and you, like, say words because you're not doing any type of melody or harmony to it. So technically, yes, I guess it is rapping. You're saying words and they rhyme, but it's not like bars. Like, you know, like, it's, there's nothing gritty about it. There's nothing hip-hoppy about it. Like, it's pop, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, I don't, I don't understand why she chooses to be continue to be offended by this like girl just take the take the compliment and go the compliment is that your music is good okay i don't even think their music is good like i, I i'm a typical troglodyte when it comes to this and i'm like doja cat i i follow her on instagram she's very pleasing to the eye but i do not like her music and to me Calling Doja Cat a rapper would be, would be, and I may be wrong about this because I don't haven't listened to that many of her songs. It's like calling SZA a rapper, you know, just because she may rap sometimes. I don't know. I've listened. I've only listened to a few SZA songs, and and I do kind of I like her music a little bit. Like I'm old school R and B guy, and I think my love for R and B kind of tapered out maybe like in the the early two thousands, about the time when my love for rap kind of fizzled out. But, you know, I grew up in that time between, you know, the old school crooners and like the new Jack stuff, like which I was very fond of, like Heat Sweat, um, Johnny Gill, um, Levert. I was a huge Levert fan, you know, rest in peace. Uh, Actually, more than one of them passed away. I know Gerald Levert passed away 
few years back and there was another one of the younger ones that passed away don't quote me on that but you know like r&b now is just not it to me it's like missing something but i understand why people like it like i'm not going to sit there and be like oh i can't believe you like you know, you know, someone like Kodak, but I understand the appeal of Doja Cat and I understand the appeal of people like SZA and stuff like that. So I'm not going to sit there and, and raggedy, but I would not consider, uh, it all depends on your definition of rap. Like you said, is it just rhyming words at the end of your song and into the beat or are you spitting bars? And Doja Cat's not spitting bars, at least in any song that I've heard from her in the handful of songs I've listened to from her. And maybe because when I whenever I hear a Doja Cat, like I'm petty, like I love the uh, the worst rap songs of the year list, and Doja Cat is all. And recently, she's been on those lists in the last couple of years, and usually those songs are pretty terrible, you know. And in in those rap songs, it's just kind of like if my you know if my eight year old nephew wrote a rap, like that that to me that's what it's like. But no, I, I agree with Remy Ma on this 100%. I don't consider her to be, and I'll, I'll add something to it. I don't, condition, I don't consider her to be a traditional rapper. You know, she may rap in her songs, but, or, or just, a, just an inverse. It'd be like calling most deaf a singer. So most deaf is a rapper. Yeah, and he sings, exactly. And he, and he sings exactly. You know, I, I agree with Remy Ma on this. And, and I, I really, wish that Doja Cat wouldn't take it so personal. Because it's not like she's out there like Black Thought, you know, on Hot 97 spitting bars. That's not her style, you know? People like her music. I feel like if you are a hip hop artist, are you, <laughs> I feel like a good indicator is when you perform live, mm -hmm. is there choreography to your shows? Like how much of it is choreographed? If, if, if more than, 60% is choreographed versus like you getting up there and like, and I'm not talking about like you having background dancers and they're dancing. I'm talking about, are you dancing? Are you, do you have choreography or are you doing like something like a Megan and you're getting up there and twerking in between whenever your dancers are doing stuff uh -huh. like, and even that is like probably, I mean, yeah, technically that counts as choreography, but like, like her show is probably like 30% of her doing that. She's not like really dancing. Doja I've seen live and she's dancing. Like she has choreography. She has a very specific outfit. Like it's, it's more to it than just putting on the poom poom shorts and then coming out there and doing your Megan Thee Stallion knees thing or getting up there like Nikki and dancing on a chair or whatever the fuck. Like, right. Her shit is like choreographed like a pop star. Yeah, she's yeah. a pop star. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I quite enjoy her music. I look forward to Doja Cat's music now. So it's it's okay. I wish she wouldn't take it to heart, but I guess she's sensitive about her shit, it's her music, her art, her craft. Yeah. And, and one last thing, uh, she there. Uh, if that was directed at anybody else but Nicki Minaj, their career would have been over. So Nicki Minaj is lucky that she's Nicki Minaj because that, that that's still one of my best diss tracks of all time. <laughs> but um, I do remember when that came out. I was, I was definitely in Trinidad. I remember uh, listening. I was like, oh, let me see what everybody else was talking about because I was like on vacation. 
mm-hmm. like missing a lot of stuff, partying and whatnot. But I had a little free time. I remember listening to it on my balcony. Anybody else would have been done. That would have been a career ending track, but it's Nicki Minaj. She's already a big star. So she survived it. <laughs> and Nicki Minaj's response was basically like, look at my watch. I have an expensive watch. Like Nicki Minaj is not about a rapper. No. But no, but she she was on somebody's song recently. Uh Benzino's daughter. What the fuck? Coil Ray. Oh um, like father like daughter. It was cute. It was cute. <laughs> oh my god. I like the song. Did you I could watch- understand what, what what she was saying. Did you watch the cipher with Coyle Ray in there? Oh, the cipher was terrible. Yes, it was. Oh, and then she started. I'm sorry, but it was not as actually. It was bad, but you know who else was bad too? Uh, He was just on the Breakfast Club last week. I know you're gonna say, but go ahead. Uh, Again, if you watch Bel Air, this is the young man who plays Will, the young Will. And yeah, it it was terrible. It was terrible. No, 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 no. I, I was thinking about somebody. I thought you were talking about uh, Little Mosey. Because up until Coyle oh. Ray, he, uh, he had the worst freestyle, uh, the double XL freestyle, up until Coyle Ray. Oh, no, I was title. talking about um, he was specifically on Breakfast Club. And apparently, like, Bel Air is, there's a lot of, like, musicians up there, too. Because I heard an episode, the girl who plays Hillary Banks, she was on Sway in the Morning, and she's a, a singer. She released a new song. It was just okay. Um, sounds like very familiar, like what I've heard before, but it was okay. Um, I think the actor who plays Carlton, he does music as well, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't heard it, but I, I heard he does music. And, um, of course, the young Will Banks, he said, or Will Smith, he said that he does rap and you know, a lot of people like to come on Breakfast Club to showcase their skills. Jabari he tried to blame it on the beat, but he was <sighs> terrible. He it, was so it, terrible. It's a, it's, it's a poor rapper that blames the beat. Because I remember... Oh, he was like, yeah, I'll need something from this century. Yeah. That's what that, he said. <clears throat> that was funny, but yeah. That's, that's just typical because you're not a rapper. I mean, if I came on and just put on like jazz piano for you to rap to, that's one thing. But I mean, when you talk about, you know, you got to be versatile as a rapper because you never know when you got to pick up the mic, man. You come on an interview and they may, hey, why don't you spit some bars for me? And you come out and be like, oh, this beat is for old people. I'm like, shut the fuck up, jackass. You ain't, you're, not, you're not a real rapper. <laughs> you're just a you just read notes on onto the beat you're not a rapper get out of here you know i remember i'll go ahead and uh share it in the group chat with you i i i, I remember 20, there was a time minute mark okay i remember there was a time where real quick because you know how i get about these things um you had to perfect your craft before you got on the radio and if you watched the thing with little uzi vert the one with little yachty and all them you know, and especially Lil Yachty. And I will say this about Lil Yachty, okay? I still don't like him. I still think he's trash, but he came back on Breakfast Club. Uh, not Breakfast Club. Um, uh, what's his name? Funk Flex. He came back on Funk Flex 
like a year, like a year or so later, and he kicked the competent freestyle, which was much better than when he kicked before, where he was just like, "You can't kite me up like that." So he he did improve in, in that respect, and I'll give him that. But like, if you if you if you can find him, you can probably find him on YouTube. The old like when Eminem was first coming out back in like 98, 99, and he was on the radio and he's you know doing like doing the rap freestyles for the radio. He was already a master rapper then, before his first album dropped. He wasn't learning his craft as he goes along. You know, so that's the thing. I'm like, when you get Jabari Banks coming up there talking about, I need a beef in this century. I'm like, you suck. You know, I've never heard a Jabari Banks song in my life. And just based on that, kid probably sucks. I'm going to listen to it just so I could be like, ah, you suck. And I knew you sucked because <laughs> I'm just a grungy old man. Who doesn't like new music? It was just funny because Charlamagne was like, you don't have to do this. Polly <laughs> 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 <Probably> just left. <laughs> I definitely can watch that later on. Uh, you know, and just thinking about Bill there, I'm waiting for them to come back with like, uh, make a new version of like Family Matters where Urkel's like a, a, a gangster and he's got like brass knuckles just knocking people out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, the dad's a dirty cop taking kickbacks. Like just, you know, let, let's just take all the shows that we loved as a kid and then just make them dark and gritty for no reason. Let's just do that instead. Because why should we have nice things in the world? <laughs> so, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, that's that's all I got. I'm passing my baton over to you. So, um, let me see what I got here. Oh, yeah. You know what? There's one I'm going to skip. I, I was going to talk about Colby Covington getting beat up in front of a restaurant. And the only and it's really a non-story. And I'm just going to skip it because Colby Covington was that that UFC fighter who was getting ready to get fired. And then he decided to become a racist and then it raised his profile. People love them now. And long story short, he got beat up in front of a restaurant because a fighter who he had defeated came up and sucker punched him, you know, hit him in the face. Like he, he uh, broke one of his teeth. And I think, and then in every article I read and they damaged his Rolex, his $90,000 Rolex and he's $15,000 in repairs. Like no one gives a fuck about your fucking Rolex. You jackass. If you buy a $90,000 watch, I don't really have any sympathy for you if something happens to it. I'm not going to buy a watch that costs as much as a high-end Tesla, okay? So that, that's your own fault for wearing that thing out in public. If I had a $90,000 watch, I'd have it like, like a museum exhibit, like in a glass case. Like, here's my $90,000 watch. I'm going to put it on my wrist. Psh, fuck out of here. But Basically, the reason why uh, the box, there's other fight named Jorge uh, Mazdaval, they used to be friends. And basically, uh, Colby Covington is basically known for, you know, he's like the MAGA guy. He hangs out with Don Jr. and Eric, like that's something to be proud of. And he likes to insult people racially. Like he called, like he, he fought a, a Brazilian dude and he basically called Brazil, like, you know, he was, he was saying bad shit about Brazil, you know, 
he, he had, there was an African fighter he was boxing with, I and mean, he's fighting with, and he was like, I'd call the cops, but I don't want you to get deported back to Africa. He was, you know, called uh, his home country like a shithole, like Donald Trump said about African countries, just being a real piece of shit. And that's what get, that's what made him popular. Go figure. But he ragged on this dude's kids and his relationship with his kids and called him like a deadbeat dad. But they called out his wife and kids on it, like on a uh, on an interview. And uh, he told them, and they both live in Miami. And he told you, if I see you out in the streets, it's on. And he saw him out in the streets and it was on. But now he's pressing charges. So now he's getting heat for pressing charges because supposedly this whole I catch you out in the streets thing with UFC happens all the time. So this is not an isolated incident. This happens all the time. You know, when people get personal in these, in these interviews. But I'm going to skip past the Colby Covington thing. Matter of fact, I'm even going to delete it from my OneNote. Because I don't know. It just struck me as funny. Because I, I was just happy that that Trump clown buffoon got his ass kicked in the streets. And, he, and his watch got scratched. But it's a non-story, so we're going to move on. Odie, um, you are a millennial, correct? Um, yes, I am. Okay. I'll I am. You don't I have don't to- know, like what letter I am, but yes, I think I'm Y, but I'm definitely a millennial. Okay. I, I, you don't have to say your age, but this is from the Barrister. Oh, no, I don't mind. It's, it's um, 30. I, I have to think about it for a second, though. Um, <laughs> 37. 37. So, Final uh, answer. I, I was watching, uh, well, not watching. I, I, well, I was watching. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Robert Reich, who was one of my who was one of my heroes, was talking about the GOP's push to stifle education. Right, they're making all these laws. You know, you know they they like we don't want to teach CRT. We don't want people to you know they're banning books and all this other nonsense. Right, they're putting cameras in teachers' classrooms. You know, there are a lot of teachers quitting over it. You know. There was one school, one of my friends posted something, I might have get a chance to, to research it, so I don't want to say too much about it, but where like almost every teacher in that school quit, you know? And being a teacher is a chosen profession. It's not something where you're just like, you know what, let me look into one ads today. Oh, there, there's an opening for a teacher at the, at the local high school. I guess I'll go in and check it out. No, that's a chosen profession. That's something that you want to do when you were younger and you want to pursue that as a career. I have a niece and a nephew who both want to be teachers and I'm, I joke with them. I'm like, you know what you should do instead? Sell meth because you'll be a lot more respected and you'll have some money when it's all said and done if you don't go to prison. But be a teacher is just the most thankless job in the world. You teach people's bratty kids and then, you know, then, then the parents get in your face and then they, you know, I mean, my parents didn't really care about my curriculum in, in school. They just cared about my grades. Did you get an A or did you not get an A? If you didn't get an A, did you get a B? And if you get it below a B, it's going to be B for beating, you know? But you think they were like, hey, son, are you learning trigonometry or are you learning calculus? Because I'm really concerned about that. They don't really give a fuck about that. They're too busy working to care about that. But um, Robert Reich talked about something, and, and I want to go over this first before I talk about it, because what he said, he hit the nail right on the head about this whole anti-education push, right? If you are World War, 
the World War II generation. You're born between 1922 and 1927. That puts you between 95 and 100 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're post-war, you were born between 1928 and 1945. Puts you between 77 and 94 years old. Now I'll explain this part in a second because they break this down. If you were Boomers one generation, you're born between 1946 and 1954. You're between 68 and 76 years old. Okay. Um, my dad is actually post-war generation. Okay. Um, my mother would be under Boomers one. Okay. Um, Boomers two is 1955 to 1964. They're between 58 and 67 years old. Now, this is from the Beresford Research. This is their disclaimer about it. We occasionally break up boomers into two different cohorts because the span is so large and the oldest of the generation have different sensibilities than the younger. In the US, boomers mm -hmm. too are just young enough to have missed being drafted into war. The Vietnam War was the last war we did a draft. After that, our army was strictly volunteer. So, um, gen so Generation X is my generation, born between 1965 and 1980. All of my siblings are born within that time frame, even my older ones. Uh, millennials, which is Odie's generation, born between uh, 1981 and 1996. They're between 26 and 41 years old. And then last but not least, Gen Z, born between 1997 and 2012, uh, between 10 and 25 years old. I have nieces and nephews who are both millennials and Gen Z. So some of my, uh, one of my Gen Z nephews turns, uh, well, I mean, a lot of them are much older, but I'm talking about the ones who are now voting age. So I have uh, a niece and two nephews who are now voting age. You know, my nephew turned, uh, one of my nephews turned 18 uh, matter of fact, he turns 19 in June and one of them turns 21 in May. You know, my niece is going to be 20 years old soon. Right. So they're all Gen Z. Right. Now, here's the thing about Gen Z. And I, and I don't want to offend it. I don't want to offend anyone, you know, but you're going to get offended. So I want you to bear with me here. This is a this is from a, a clip from an article from the Pacific Standard in May of 2019. They said Gen Z is the least religious generation. Here's why that could be a good thing. Okay. And then and also in the article, it said the trend toward non-religiousness in this generation is probably here to stay. The upsides include increasing levels of tolerance. So this is from the Pacific Standard. Generation Z is the least religious generation. About one third have no religion about the same proportion as among millennials, compared with 23%, 17%, and 11%, respectively, among Generation X, baby boomers, and the silent generation, according to Pew Research. But Gen Z's ties to religion seem even weaker than millennials. They are more likely to identify as atheist or agnostic. So for those who don't know the difference, atheist means you don't believe anything religious. You don't believe in God. You mm -hmm. don't believe in anything. An agnostic means you that you believe in God or the devil. Yeah. I'm agnostic, which means that I do believe in God, but I do not believe in religion. I don't follow any organized religion. Okay. Um, and most think that church attendance is unimportant, according to research by the Barner Group. Now, Barner Group is a firm that provides data to Christian organizations who are evidently concerned about these trends. Now, 
the ties between being religious and not being tolerant, right, is can at times be unfair because most of my family's religious, most of my friends are religious, and they're very tolerant. But it goes, it always goes back to that quote in Men in Black that I love so much. When Will Smith tells Tommy Lee Jones, hey, we could tell people about the aliens. People are smart. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, no, a person is smart. People are dumb, stupid, and panicky. And you know it. Look at the Bible. The Bible, people, some people are fundamentalists with the Bible. They take things in black and white, but only the things that they want to uh, express. Like, you know, they may say like, oh, the Bible is against abortion. Or the Bible is against uh, homosexual, so on and so forth, blah, 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 you know, and they use that as their, uh, their shield to just hide their own bigotry. And they're like, well, it's not like, I didn't say that being gay is an abomination. It says so in the Bible, even though the Bible never says those words. They just take a few words from the Bible. I think I want to say it's in Leviticus. Don't quote me on that. I've never read the, I've never read the Bible, but I know a whole bunch of Bible stories that's another story for another day. Um, and they just use it to mask their own bigotry. They use religion as that whole thing. And it's not fair because there are plenty of people who follow religion because they want to be good people and they use it as a guide to be a good person. You know, and a lot of people I know through religion, they, they you know, they donate to charities, they give time to charities. You know, they help people. Because they feel like, hey, you know what? I want to be more like Jesus Christ, and that's what I want to do. But a lot of organized religion does teach, and I'm, you know, more like the mega churches and all that stuff. And you're seeing a lot more offshoots of religions who are just frothing at the mouth about, you know, they're against gays, they're against the trans community, they're against, you know, interracial marriage, they're against all this other stuff, and they use religion as a shield for that, and that's not fair. So I didn't want to, you know, unfairly malign people who are religious, because I mean, I mean, you may be a fantastic person, but your religion, and, and, you know, the way it's running the United States may be something different that you may want to look into. Okay, this is from the Atlantic. Um, they said that by 2028. Millennials and Gen Z will dominate the ballot box and can wipe out the GOP. That is the whole reason that Robert Reich was talking about in his clip. The reason why they want to get in and uh, indoctrinate these kids now so that when they get older, they will just continue to do what they're told because the generation that's now that's getting ready to hit the ballot box, they're not having it because religion has always been in, in the hands of the wrong people, right? A means of control. I met a man a few years back. Oh God, it was more like 10 years ago. Jesus Christ, time flies. But I was on my way to supermarket. I always go to supermarket early and I saw them uh, pulling out. It was like a Sunday morning and they're pulling out cleaning equipment out of, their, out of their cars and vans. And I was curious. I just asked them, I'm like, you're doing a cleaning job this early in the morning? And they were like, no. Uh, in the apartment complex across from me at that time, there were usually a lot of people who were uh, refugees. So what they do is what their church does is they come by and then they, you know, they clean out the apartment for, you know, for people. And then they sit down with them and they let them know what they need to know about the town. They're like, hey, you know what, if you need to, uh, 
talk to your immigration people, this is where you go. If you need this, this is where you go. You know, and this is how you get there if you don't have a car. So they sit down with them and they help them get uh, acclimated to living in town or living in the United States. And I thought that was absolutely awesome. Matter of fact, he told me the name of his church and I actually posted it on my Facebook page and I told him the story of what happened. And I was like, hey, you know what? If you're in town, maybe give them a look. Because if you're using religion for good, I'm, I'm on your side. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. You know, so now you have a, a generation of people who are more and more increasingly not being tethered to religion and who are being more tolerant. So this is from uh, Pew Research. And now granted, these numbers are from 2018. OK, so there is so first they want to talk about government. Right. So the first number is going to be people who think uh, the percentage of people who think that government should do more to solve our problems. And then the other number is going to be government is doing too many things that businesses should, should be, an individual should be doing, right? So the silent majority, the silent, well, you know, the silent generation, only 39% says that government should do more to solve problems. 60% says it's already doing too much. For the boomers, and this is the whole range of boomers, not just the one and two, the whole range. 49% says the government should do more to solve problems. 49% uh, says that they're doing too much. For my generation, which, which I'm a little bit ashamed of, only 53% says that government should do more to solve problems. I'm glad it's over 50%, but we're, we're not always the most tolerant people, you know, tolerant generation. And then 45% says that um, government's doing too much. Okay. Millennials, 64% says that government should do more to solve problems. And 34% say that government's doing too much. And last but not least, Gen Z, 70% says that government should do more to solve problems. 29% says that government's doing too much. Hmm. So you figure millennials and Gen Z will be dominating the ballot boxes. I mean, Gen Z, I mean, millennials, they're almost, they're always up there. I mean, they're voting age, most of them, right? But now you got Gen mm -hmm. Z backing them up. It's going to be a bloodbath for the GOP, or at least it should be. You know, there is no such thing as a, 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 a lead pipe cinch in this day and age. And you figure since George Zimmerman is, is a free man and Donald Trump was our president, there's no such thing as a lead pipe cinch. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then... They said, then this one is uh, younger generations see increased diversity as good for society. So the silent, uh, the silent generation, only 42% see diversity as good for society. Boomers, 48%. Gen X, 52%. I wish it was higher. It's my generation. But millennials and Gen Z are 61 and 62% respectively. See increased diversity as good for the society. I've mentioned about Japan and Germany's problems with being, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm using this, this word incorrectly, being homogenized. Like they don't really, you know, not really tolerant of like outsiders. And now, now their businesses mm -hmm. and stuff like that are suffering for it. Because now the generations mm -hmm. are getting older and they don't have enough people to come in and take those, uh, you know, certain jobs like sanitation and stuff like that. And they don't have enough people for it. You know, if everybody wants to be a coder, 
Who's going to take out your trash? You know, who's going to deliver your food? <laughs> so these things are important. The, the whole thing that makes me mad about people like Joe Biden is that if Joe Biden, all he had to do was something, one big thing, he's done a lot of little things, little insignificant things. If he did one big thing that helped the younger generation, they would march with him through the gates of hell and they would just exterminate, politically, politically <laughs> exterminate the GOP. <clears throat> you know, they would, they would just be, they would, they would just salt the earth of their political careers. But because democratic leadership is more concerned with making money when you're 90, like uh, Dianne Feinstein, or uh, making money when you're 80, like uh, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi, Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ, Nancy, you're 80 years old. How much more money do you need? You're worth $130 million. How much more money do you need? You're going to die soon. So stop mm -hmm. it. Jesus Christ. And instead of harnessing the young vote, they fight against them all the time. Barack Obama is out there like, oh, we need young people to vote. And then when they start voting for progressives, they whoa, 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 hold on here. <laughs> I, I don't do a very good Obama impression. But um, they just want to keep the status quo. And now we're starting to get, it's starting to trickle up ever so slowly. We're getting more AOCs and we're getting more um, Cory Bushes. And we're little by little, we're just gaining. But you figure in a couple of years, when a lot more Gen Z people are ready to register to vote, you know, if Joe Biden had come in and uh, whipped his people to, when I say whip, I don't mean like with an actual whip. I don't, I'm not making yeah, a slave. I'm not making sure. a slavery thing. But if he was to whip his people, and here's the thing, let's say he couldn't change Joe Manchin's mind, right? It's, it's the fight that counts. Because then it's like he didn't really fight. He just laid down for Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin was like, you know, this is what I think. And then it just went, you know? So it's, it's just sad and pathetic. You have these people who are waiting in the wings. They can't wait to vote because they, they just want to end this bullshit that we've been going through. And the Democrats are allowing the Republicans to rig the game in their favor with all the gerrymandering you know, uh, messing with people's education, driving teachers out of their chosen profession. And the Democrats are just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda to read you a poem. And that should make everything better. Fucking Nancy Pelosi. She couldn't be more out of touch if she didn't, if she like had her hands removed. Like that's how out of touch she is. She is just a horrible politician. And I swear to God, when she retires, they're going to have such a hard time trying to think of things that she did that was actually good. The only good thing is that she was the first female speaker of the house. That's it. Everything else is just absolute trash. Oh, she helped get Obamacare during a supermajority. That's great. Whatever, you know. But now, before I move on, Odie, did you have anything to add to this? I know I just did a lot of talking. Did you have, any, did you have anything to add to this? <laughs> Um, I guess time will tell, but it's just like I don't I don't know what we're I guess I don't know what's to come. That makes me a little anxious, but 
I just feel like if we had to base things on what are what people before us did, mm-hmm. and we look at that in the context, I feel like nothing much is going to change. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, one of the things that Robert Wright talked about was in Florida, the don't say gay bill that was getting ready to pass and uh, how all these students did a walkout and they did a protest over it. And we're not talking about like 30 students. We're talking about a lot of people. I don't have a, I don't have an exact count, but when they showed the video, there's a lot of them. And then they were chanting, we say gay. Like they're saying, don't say gay. Like, we say gay, you know, uh, it's all about tolerance. All about Disney, Disney got fucked up with that too. Yeah, because what was it? Their their CEO like donated to these people or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Disney took it and and deservedly so. They took an acid bath over it because they were like, How I will you? say this: like, yeah, this generation, um, or this generation of workers, not even necessarily generation, but this generation of workers is not with the bullshit. Like, they will say, <laughs> "I will quit this job before anything." Like, we're not <laughs> built for this anymore. Like. We not like our parents in that regard. So right. people are, are definitely. I have seen a shift with that, with people being more principled. But I also feel like that's kind of a benefit of youth. And as you get older, just like we saw with other generations, as you get older, you get more conservative. Right. So it should be interesting to see what happens as we get older. Like talking like in our fifties, sixties. I, I actually see, a, at least with, with my friends' parents, I see a split because I have some of my friends, their parents did become more conservative. I'm talking about like Fox News conservative. That's stuff they didn't believe in 20 years ago. But I have other, you know, friends of my parents, uh, parents of my friends, I should say, who became more liberal as they got older because they saw mm-hmm. the writing on, because they saw the writing on the wall and they were like, hey, oh, you want to cut Social Security? I need that to live. You know, you want to cut Medicaid, you want to cut Medicare, I need that to live, you know, mm. so they saw the writing on the wall. So I will say one thing before I move on. If the sin of the boomers is electing people who cut all the, safe, all the social safety programs that they benefited from, the sin of my generation is thinking that these corporate asshats that we elected, like Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, were going to fix it. And I was an Obama fanboy. I used to spend my lunch breaks defending him on forums. I was, I was in it 100%. And 2016 opened my eyes. But here's the thing. For my generation, for Generation X, we can't let these kids fight alone. We got to rally behind them. We could, still, we could still make a mark on this. You know, the boomers are pretty much too set in their ways. You know, and, and the, the, the silent... Uh, they're they're almost dead. Like they don't really care. Even though, and I don't want to say that because usually older voters are a very dependable voting block. But I don't think they're going to change now. You know, we. I think that our generation, and, and and it may just be being naive. I think our generation still has enough flexibility where we could just kind of be like, okay, well, you know. We can change, you know, stop voting for these corporate asshats and let's basically just help these kids secure their future because we've doomed them. 
You know, they can't afford houses. They can't afford cars. You know, and then you got boomers who were just like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't buy so much avocado toast. Jeff Foxworthy was making boomer jokes and he took an acid bath for it. You know, talking about millennials and, you know, you're like, you know, about participation trophies. I'm like, that's the laziest joke you could write in 2022. You know, but then again, it's Jeff Foxworthy. I mean, he was he famous for, you might be a redneck if. But I think if Gen X woke up and we rallied behind millennials and Gen Z, we could do this. But it's a hard sell because my generation is getting to that point where, I mean, I myself am 51 years old, but I'm more of the mind where, hey, you know, I was uh, an Obama boy for all these years and then I finally see what he's about. And then I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to just be like, well, I guess he's my guy from here on out. No, it's not, it's not a sports team. This is real life. And I'm like, if these kids are going to have a future after we're dead, we got to, we got to back them up now, right now. There's no time to wait. So we'll see what happens. But then again, with somebody like Joe Biden as president, I'm not expecting big things, but I will give Joe Biden one good thing, okay? One good thing, because everybody gets one, well, except for Donald Trump. Everybody does one good thing, and that is nominating Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. That was an excellent move. If you look at her record, if you look at, at what she's about, that was an excellent pick. And even I was like, when I, when I read over her, uh, her record and her accomplishments, I was like, whoa, she is excellent. She's also never dealt the same with Data Sorority Incorporated, but you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Belt is just out here doing Black excellency things like we do. Exactly. In the name of the sisterhood. Hey, you know what? Keep uh keep it rolling. I, I hope I hope that the the deltas go out there and then spread the word. Like, hey, you know what? We got uh we got Supreme Court justice on our side. What what what? What y'all want? <laughs> I could have said that better, but you know what I mean. Um, here's the thing. There's a graphic that's been going around lately about Katanji Brown Jackson, and I want to read from it real quick. Okay, so there are. And this is going into her qualifications and in her compared to the rest of the Supreme Court. And I apologize, Odie, I was supposed, I was supposed to uh, put this in our chat so you can have a look at it beforehand, right? So this way you'll know kind of what I'm talking about here. But um, they had, so like, like they have her and then they have all the rest of the Supreme Court justices, including Breyer, Justice Breyer, who's retiring, and that's whose place Kataji is going to be taking, right, once the vote goes through. So education, uh, public high school, right? The only other justices that did public high school was Breyer, Alito, and uh, Elena Kagan, right? Uh, Ivy League Law School. All of the other justices graduated from Ivy League Law School except for Amy Coney Barrett. She's the only one who didn't graduate from, a, from, a, from a Ivy League Law School. Now, as far as career, uh, Supreme Court clerking, so the only other ones who did that, actually most of them did that. So Breyer, Roberts, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett all did Supreme Court clerking, right? Public defender. Uh, none of the other justices did any sort of public defense work. 
and I'll talk more about her public defense work in a moment. Um, sentencing commission, the only other justice who did sentencing commissions was uh, Judge Breyer, the one that she's replacing. Uh, district judge, the only other one that was a district judge is Sonia Sotomayor. And then court of appeals judge, all of them were court of appeals judges, except for Elena Kagan, who was not. Now, as far as looking at these people, like who did the most along those lines, it would have to be uh, Breyer. So he did everything on that list except being a public defender and being a district judge. He did everything else on that list. And he was, you know, definitely a well-respected judge. You know, he's like 81 years old. And they kind of told him, look, you, we don't want another Ruth Bader Ginsburg situation on our hands. It was time for you to step down, you know. I mean, it could have been worse if he was Brandy's uh, housekeeper. They would have made him retire 20 years ago. But um, the ones who did the least of the things on that list, Amy Coney Barrett and Clarence Thomas. Not surprising, you know, not surprising at all. So, I mean, Ketanji Brown Jackson is possibly one of the most qualified people to ever be a Supreme Court justice. Neil Gorsuch is a corporate goon. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is basically a religious nutbag. And then Brett Kavanaugh is basically a frat boy rapist. And, mm -hmm. you know, and the only reason why Barrett and Kavanaugh got their Supreme Court nominations is because they both clerked at the time when uh, during the, the 2000 election, when Bush stole the election uh, with, the, with the Florida decision. There's actually a movie about it called Recount. You should watch it, it's really good. But here's my thing, okay? That whole hearing, the four day hearing was a farce. It was basically, because here's the thing, no Republican is ever gonna vote for a black woman named Katanji. That was never going to happen. doesn't matter how much. You could have double the amount of qualifications. That was never going to happen. So they had to invent horseshit to be mad about so they could justify not voting for her. So Mitch McConnell got up there and he was like, well, based on her performance and her reading her record, we're, I, I can't vote for her. You were never going to vote for her, Mitch. That was never gonna happen. You know what it's like? And I know I'm, I, I'm way off mark here. It's kind of like, there was a controversy with a porn star who called herself Alexis Texas, how she doesn't have sex with black guys, right? And she caught a lot of heat for that. And basically she said that if she started having sex with black guys, that would lower her value. And she would get, and she would have less fans if she started having sex with black people. So what does that make you less racist or more racist? Because all your fans are racist. And here's the thing: she's not. It's not like she was like the number one porn star. She was always in that top tier, but she was never number one. Like I don't watch. I, I avoid her videos like the plague now after hearing that. And I'm just like, oh, you racist cunt. I'm not going to watch your videos. I'm not going to give you my clicks. But that's basically what the GOP is facing now. Most of their base are racists. And if they vote for a Black woman named Katanji, <laughs> you know, their people are going to turn on them. 
because mm-hmm. a lot of their base now is now a bunch of QAnon nutbags and uh, and fruit bats. And basically, if they do the right thing, and often when these GOP people catch heat is when they do the right thing. Like Mitt Romney, you know, I figured Mitt Romney was going to be my dark horse and vote for Katanji, but he's not going to do that because he already took an acid bath for um, voting to impeach Trump. So every time he does a public uh, thing, he gets booed. So now Mitt Romney is basically, I mean, a, I mean, that was the one time where he actually decided to be a human being. But other than that, he'll fold like a lawn chair. You know, you had, you had uh, Lindsey Graham, who basically was mad because one of the, uh, the people that were nominated was uh, J. Michelle Child. I don't know what J stands for, I didn't look it up. But J. Michelle Child. And Lindsey Graham mentioned her name over and over. There, now, I will say this, there were a lot of articles, not just in like left-wing publications, but even in like ABC News, uh, Washington Post, saying that uh, J. Michelle Childs worked for a uh, law firm that a lot of times defended employers against employees. So she had that stigma of being anti-union. And there are a lot of left-leaning groups that were saying, if you, if you nominate her, we're going to make you pay for it. They didn't say it like that, but they said, we are, we are going to oppose it. You know? So I don't know if that factored into Biden's uh, decision. Or maybe if it did, that's great because it helped to make the best decision that was out there. But Lindsey Graham was heated about that. He was really mad. You had... Uh, Oh, God, uh, Marsha Blackburn, Jesus Christ. She asked, actually asked Katanji uh, Brown, what is the definition of a woman? What? What? There was a Jerky Boys clip where the Jerky Boys put out these ads to get people to call in because people started to kind of recognize them. So they put out mm-hmm. ads and had people call in to them and it would help them keep them on the phone longer. And one of them was for a Jeopardy, uh, to be a Jeopardy contestant. So like a phone interview to be a Jeopardy contestant. And the dude doing his Frank Rizzo voice asked him, all right, uh, here's a question. How many pits in a pair? And the dude with the phone was like, what? You know? And I thought this part was funny because he kept asking him all these questions that don't make any sense. And he was like, hey, let me explain something to you. If you don't ask these questions in rapid fire succession, Alex Trebek is liable to call for a commercial break, come out from behind that podium and knock your fucking jaw loose. And I don't know, I thought that was funny. But the questions were just ridiculous like that. And, and the thing is, is that Katanji had to keep a straight face when people were asking her the dumbest questions. Um, Josh Hawley knows a whole lot about child pornography an extraordinary amount about child pornography, almost to the point where it makes me wonder about Josh Hawley. Now, he was saying that um, her sentencing on child pornography offenders were too light. But I will say this, Dick Durbin during that hearings as the moderator hearings was mostly useless. But the one time where he kind of like, ha, gotcha, is when he was getting on Katanji about uh, her sentencing. And then some of the sentencing was just so dumb. Like his objections 
Whereas like, you know, he did it in months to make it seem like, to make it seem significant where he was like, well, you know, he was supposed to get, uh, if you break it down a year, like, well, the uh, defense, I'm sorry, prosecutor recommended seven years, but you gave him six, you know, but Dick Durbin mentioned to him, and, and if, you, if you could find a clip, you should watch it because it was actually funny. He mentioned that, hey, you know, there were judges that you voted for that made similar sentencing recommendations. I didn't hear you mention that in the meeting, in, in the hearing, did you? And Josh Hawley's face was, his face was tight, man. He was mad, you know, because he got called on his bullshit. Ted Cruz brought out a children's book because they tried to label her as like a somebody who's currently a number one bestseller, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> And you know, he actually brought a children's book. He actually read from it, I think, and he had like graphics about it. And he was like, you know, he asked like, uh, you know, do you think this baby can be racist? You know, this woman is nominated for the Supreme Court. She's not trying to be on a reality show. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Lindsey Graham got mad because like I said, he, uh, Michelle Childs is from South Carolina. And the fact that Lindsey Graham and uh, Jim Clyburn wanted her to be there means do not pick her at all. You know, and I, I swear to God, the only reason, like there was a part where, now about her being a public defender, right? She uh, actually defended some of the, uh, the Guantanamo Bay uh, detainees, right? Here's the thing about that. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. I'm not going to go too deep into that. But a lot of these guys got railroaded and they were tortured repeatedly. Some of them had permanent brain damage from all the torture they received. You can't arrest somebody and then be like, well, we're going to arrest you. And then you're going to stay in jail until we find the evidence against you. Because what happens, you can't find the evidence against them. What are you going to do? You know, if they weren't terrorists before, they're terrorists now. Because you just made them hate America. And there are, pe and there are people who are still in Guantanamo Bay from 20 years ago. So this whole notion of, you know, and she defended some of them. Because you're entitled to that defense according to the Constitution. The Constitution that none of these people have read. That's why we have public defenders. Because if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you. It's in the fucking Constitution. They never read it. They never read it. They never, you know what it is? I think that the Constitution will be read more if the Second Amendment was like, it was like the Tenth Amendment. And then they have to read past the others to get to it. Once they get the Second Amendment, oh, I could have guns. Psh, I, don't, I, I, I don't need the rest of this crap and just throw it away. <laughs> I got guns. I got guns. I'll say whatever I want to. I'm good. You know? Uh, oh, who else? Oh, there was there were so many of them. I mean, they were all such trash. They were all garbage out there. Now, Cory Booker, I think, went a little bit over the top, you know? But it did bring uh, Katanji to tears about his, you know, about, not, about them not stealing his joy. But I, you know what? The one thing that gives me hope is that Joe Manchin is going to vote for her, which means if Joe Manchin votes for her, it means Kristen Sinema is going to vote for her, 
and then she'll get she'll get her appointment right I, yeah yeah now here's a part where politics can make you a horrible horrible person okay am i the only one who was just a little bit upset a little bit disappointed that clarence thomas didn't die of covid i I will. I will say when I found out that he, when I when they said he was in the hospital, and I was like, "Oh, he's got COVID." Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh, all right. Okay. Let's let's see where this goes. And then I found out he pulled through, and I was like, "Oh man, fuck!" <laughs> I can't believe he survived. I thought they were gonna Herman Cain him, and like when he dies of COVID, they'll just use his account to just spread more COVID lies. No, he pulled through, and I'm just like, "Fuck." That's a horrible thing to think. There is no universe in being upset that somebody lived through COVID is a good thing. None. But politics is so dirty that it just made me just be like, damn, he lived? Fuck. Damn. Oh, well, you know, maybe one of the other, maybe, maybe Gorsuch will die. I don't know. <laughs> we can replace him because he's totally <laughs> worthless, you know? Maybe Kavanaugh will drink himself to death and then we could replace him. You know, or maybe Amy Coney Barrett will have like, well, she'll have her third baptism and drown and then we could replace her too. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just being a bastard here. But I will say this, Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, an excellent pick by Joe Biden. She will almost certainly be confirmed. And now Breyer was a good justice, you know, but you figure... Uh, you know, Jackson, she's only like in her early 50s. So she'll be there. I mean, you know, you know, God willing, she'll be there for decades, you know? So yeah. it's definitely a good pick. You know, I will give you guys one. And actually, before I move on, Odie, did you have anything to add about uh, Katanji Brown? No, I did not. Other than uh, yeah, she's built in the state of Florida Incorporated greatness. So that's it. That's all. Yeah. And then they, I, I saw that picture of her daughter, like in the hearings, like, you know, she's yeah. a her mom with all that love. And I was just like, that's awesome. We need we need more yeah. of that in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I found out a random piece of trivia. And I should have known this because I remember... Uh, when Red Fox died, I think back in the early 90s, right, uh, Jet Magazine did an excellent write-up of him, you know. Uh, then again, that was back in the 90s. <laughs> you know, that was uh, 30 years ago I read this, you know. So uh, Red Fox's real name is uh, John Sanford, right? So... His character, his iconic character on Sanford and Son is called Fred Sanford, right? Right. It was named Fred Sanford. He had the executives rename him Fred Sanford after his brother. He was very close to his brother and his brother had passed away. And he basically had the character renamed Fred Sanford in honor of his brother. And I thought that was cool as hell, you know? It so is, I, I never knew that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm like, his last name really is Sanford. And I was like, and I was like, John Sanford. Cause I saw it, I saw it on a um uh Instagram clip. And I was like, 
really? And I looked it up and I was like, nope, his name is John Sanford and Fred Sanford was his brother. So I thought that, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So. Uh, Odie, Odie, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. I have one today. Um, if you're going to have beef with someone uh, and you can afford to do so, I push your teeth to write your diss tracks because he's loyal to a check. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, I don't care what kind of rhymes or bars like Pusha T is dropping. I'm not eating at Arby's. <laughs> if you ever get it, I know there has to be one, but uh, the Daily Show had this thing where they would rag on Arby's all the time. If I find, if I find like, or somebody like did a super cut of all that, I'll, I'll post it to our, to our, our chat. But he ragged on Arby's all the time. And everybody was like pop shots at, at Arby's. And they had a, a, a Simpsons Halloween special where Homer ate, because you know, Homer eat anything that fits into his mouth. And he ate like some uh, some alien goo and it tried to escape through his nose and he sucked it back down. And then he was like, hey, if I could hold down Arby's, I could hold you down too. <laughs> <laughs> But Arby's is god awful. There was an Arby's oh, when I when I first moved to Cary. There was an Arby's right across the street from my apartment, and I will say their chicken is not bad. Like their chicken sandwiches aren't terrible. But I didn't really eat a lot of their chicken sandwiches because there was also a KFC in that same little area. But their roast beef is just like we're talking about like below cafeteria grade. Like if there was if there was ever like grade F meat that they sold to people, that would be Arby's roast beef stuff. It's just god awful. You know, I don't know how they're legally allowed to sell that and then call it meat. So good thing for the now I will say one thing about Arby's, their curly fries are actually really good. I'm not that's that's the only thing, but I still ain't going out of my way to be like, you know what I have a taste for? Some damn curly fries that are like I'm not going out of my way. It's literally got to be a situation where I'm on the road and about to run out of gas. I stopped for gas. The gas station doesn't serve food. Only thing there is Arby's and there's like another three hours to go (laughs) before I get to my destination and I don't need to stop anymore. Like that's very specific, but that's the only case I can think of where I'm like, all right, I'll just get some RB tries and a drink. Yeah. My brother's like that with, with McDonald's fries. Like if there is like a fast food row where I have all the fast food restaurants, he'll get food from like other places, but he'll specifically go right up to the McDonald's drive-thru. I'll just take a large fry, please. And that's all he'll get. <laughs> like he doesn't like other people's fries except for McDonald's. So he'll just buy food from other places and then go to McDonald's and just get just their fries. But he, but he doesn't like their food. You know? Yeah. I mean, McDonald's food has gotten steadily worse over the years. Like, McDonald's used to be delicious. Especially Look, when I still fuck with that filet of fish. I don't care what Pusha T talking about. I'm eating that filet of fish. I don't Give know. Me a, a filet of fish with some fries and maybe a slushie the summertime. Yeah. The, I don't know. Their, their filet of fish, it just tastes 
processed. I mean, granted, it is it processed. processed, but I'll fuck with it. <laughs> I'll fuck with it. But I, I'm, I'm not a fan of like, I don't know. I could eat fried fish, but it's got to be like properly seasoned. Like my, uh, I played, uh, I was over a friend's house and he made fried fish and he, and he actually had, to, it was seasoned real nice. It was really good. So it was supposed to be for fish tacos, but I was like, I'll just eat the fish. Like it was that good, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's got to be properly seasoned and McDonald's. I mean, granted they get blamed enough for everybody's health problems. <laughs> they don't need to be over seasoning people's food. And I figured like this, if I wanted fried fish, I'd go to like an actual restaurant. That's like people who go to McDonald's and then they're like, well, I'll just, I'll, I'm eating healthy McDonald's because I got a salad. You can get an actual salad at an actual place as opposed to eating yeah. a McDonald's salad. Very true. Very true. Yeah. But um, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Network. Uh, we're on Instagram, although I'm never on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never blue man just the the Instagram feed but uh you can pretty much subscribe to us anywhere where you get podcasts including uh iHeartRadio and Spotify so all right sounds good see you next week guys all righty